Our reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 18, verses 1 to 11. In Corinth. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am clear of my responsibility. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshipper of God. Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. Wonderful. Thank you, Krista, very much indeed. Well, the year is racing by, isn't it? We're halfway through November. It's going to be Advent in a couple of weeks' time. And in our preaching, from Easter onwards, we started thinking about this focus of church life, of welcome, love, challenge, and grow, taking uh, the fullness of our vision statement, but just trying to condense it into four key words. Uh, and there they are, welcome, love, challenge, grow. And for the last few weeks, we've been thinking particularly about growth. Uh, oh, there's so much more that we could do with each of these words and so much more to really enable them to come alive in the whole of our church's life. And this agenda will remain with us very much as we move on into 2020. But uh, just at the moment, some Sunday mornings where we've been thinking about growth, and we've been taking stories all the way through this from the book of Acts, but in this growth section, we've been looking at three different congregations, Jerusalem, Antioch, and today Corinth. And the stories in each were very, very different. They were different places. The way that church began in each place was very different. And I've actually found it fascinating just to reflect a little bit more upon that at the moment. Now, the story of what happened in Corinth links very well uh, this passage in Acts chapter 18 that Christy just read for us. It links very well to the letters in 1 and 2 Corinthians 
that Paul wrote, obviously, at a later stage. And uh, we can nail this story and the letters fairly clearly in the history of the early church, particularly as we have some helpful information here that Claudius was emperor of Rome, that Gallio was his proconsul in the area where Corinth is located. And so we piece it together with other information and we can date the story in our reading so to sometime around the year AD 49 to 50. And Paul stayed for 18 months here in Corinth before moving back to Antioch. And then for the next seven years, he continued contact with the church in Corinth, partly through letters, also through what was thought to be a very hard and painful visit, and later a more constructive visit. So something of a span of seven years as this church began to become established in Corinth. But our focus today is on the first time that the gospel was brought to Corinth. Now, in Jerusalem, when we first thought about Acts chapter 2, the gospel was preached on the day of Pentecost and thousands believed. It was just an amazing story. Uh, and the believers shared everything in common and it just all seemed such a glowing picture in Acts chapter 2. A very challenging picture as well. Uh, and I know that as well as that uh, Sunday when we spoke particularly about that, uh, there's been a home group study that some of you have followed on as we thought about growth from the example of Jerusalem. And then in Antioch, many people believed. And the disciples were called Christians there for the first time. So that was good as well. But perhaps not quite as dramatic as Jerusalem. And now we come to Corinth. And initially, no one believed. We read every Sabbath, the Apostle Paul reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. It seems as if in the early stages in Corinth, nothing happened. The assumption is that there was no visible result. And after a while, Paul then left the synagogue, went next door to the house of a God-fearing Jew, who then came to believe, as did Crispus, the synagogue leader. Uh, and there was a bit of a breakthrough. And then it seems as if more followed, until there was quite a firm group of believers in Corinth. And indeed, in the vision that Paul had, that we'll return to in a few moments, the Lord says to Paul, I have many people in this city. But it wasn't obvious. It didn't start very well. You see, sometimes I think we get a distorted view of the growth of church in its formative years. We think that everything exploded very quickly at the beginning, and, and it's not like that now. So we kind of just put a distance between the two. But actually, in the formative years of the church, it was not always as glamorous and straightforward as you might expect. Paul often encountered opposition in his more public conversations. And we see that in both Athens and in Corinth. And at times, I'm sure the disciples felt quite discouraged. But even when the results were not obvious... God was working in people's lives. And we sense that there were actually more believers than it was obvious to see. Isn't that interesting? Did you realize that? Jerusalem, all very fast, all very dramatic. Antioch, not quite so easy. Corinth, really quite difficult. 
And church growth in today's world can be puzzling as well. William Carey worked in India for seven years before anyone was converted. And now today, of course, there are vast numbers of Christians in uh, India. Many of you will see pictures of Mercy Mission from time to time. You will have seen those queues of people lining up to be baptized in the river. And that's not uncommon. Many people are still becoming Christians in India, which is politically a, a primarily a Hindu country and not, not an easy place in which to be a Christian. There was a time in London when the demographic of the Christian population looked a little bit like a polo, that it was all round the edge and very little in the middle. Actually, now the reverse is true. With some great, well-known city churches, some thriving multicultural con congregations, there's a rich kaleidoscope of spiritual life in the center of London. And a little bit less as you journey out to rural areas. And I think that picture of transformation, not quite so clear in Birmingham, but uh, something a bit similar is happening here as well, as we see a plethora of new and uh, multicultural congregations, particularly in the central area of the city. In the Baptist Union in this country, some of the largest churches for many years are now very small, and some of the newer congregations have grown to become very large. One of the most exciting stories is the Beacon Church on the edge of Stafford, now a multi-congregational network of churches, rather like uh, the story in Leeds that Peter Morden was describing a couple of weeks ago of a network of churches that uh, he has responsibility over. And so the story of growth is varied, very varied across the country and across the world. But let's come back to Paul's work in Corinth. And the particular challenge which he faced was about public speaking. While he was just hiding in houses and speaking to a few people at a time, no one seemed to mind. But in Athens, he stood up in the Areopagus, the great meeting of the community, and spoke to the whole people of Athens. And here in Corinth, he started in the synagogue, where the people were. And then he went from house to house. The strategy is interesting, that the conversations were both in the public places and in the home, using every opportunity to speak about Jesus Christ. And the key moment in this story, and I believe a critical moment in the growth of the church in Corinth, is when the Lord spoke to the Apostle Paul in this vision that we have in just a few words in Acts 18, verse 9 and 10. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. Wow. What a great message when the things were getting a bit tough. When Paul was struggling, where there seemed to be no response to what he was saying, where there was elements of opposition. And the Lord says, don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. I'm with you. I have many people in this city. It was hard work in Corinth, but God was speaking. And God was bringing people to faith. And God was encouraging the key workers to keep going. This is not a Christian quote, but it is uh, widely known. When life gets hard, 
Don't wish it to be easier. Decide to be stronger. Rather small text on this screen, but you can see it hopefully on those. And a scripture text. For our light and momentary troubles produce an eternal glory that outweighs it all and will last forever. And that is the Apostle Paul writing in his second letter to the Corinthians. After some seven years of struggle with a difficult early congregation, our light and momentary troubles produce an eternal glory that far outweighs. And I want to suggest this morning that if we're to see the growth of the kingdom of God among us today, if we're to see people coming to faith in Jesus Christ, if we see to, to see the Holy Spirit of God moving across this congregation and across the land, then we too need to hear these words that the Apostle Paul spoke, uh, that the Lord spoke to the Apostle Paul in this vision as he was finding the way difficult in Corinth. I think these are key words. Those words of that vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. No one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. Let's take those phrases one at a time. Do not be afraid. Fear is a great hindrance to the gospel. This command is given so many times in the Bible. It must be important. Indeed, some people say, it's uh, 365 times in the Bible so that there's one promise for each day of the year. I think that's definitely stretching the text in terms of the number of times that do not be afraid is in the Bible, but probably not stretching the sense in which time and time again this phrase comes out in one form of wording or another. And yet we still struggle with it. We're afraid of what other people might think or say or do. We're afraid that we might say the wrong words or do the wrong things. We're afraid to be open about our thoughts and feelings and our beliefs because it might create a barrier, because it might spoil a friendship, because it might bring about a conflict. The Apostle Paul wrote later in 1 Corinthians 1.7 that he'd come to this city in weakness and in fear. And with much trembling. What was so intimidating about this place at Corinth? That Paul was struggling when he came. Well, they were proud of the city, which had been beautifully rebuilt by Julius Caesar in 46 BC. It hosted world-famous games every other year. It was the capital of that, promise, uh, that province, the region of Achaia. But he did have a reputation for immorality. The temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love, stood high above the city. And the sexual promiscuity in the city was known throughout the Roman Empire. And Paul was to bring a message into this city in which he would point to a different way of life through believing in Jesus Christ. He would point to a way of life where possessions were worthless compared with the greater worth of knowing Jesus Christ. Where pride gives way to humility, considering others better than yourselves. Where holiness touches every area of life and where faithfulness and integrity in relationships are all important. This was the kind of 
holistic gospel message that the Apostle Paul was seeking to bring to a city that was proud of itself, was also known for its immorality. Hardly surprising that he was a bit nervous. And somehow, somehow, God needs to free us up from our fears today and release us with a boldness to live well and confidently for Jesus and not to be worried about what people might think. And you will be surprised that there is an element of interest in spiritual thinking in the wider community around us, far greater than you actually expect. The people will not generally put up barriers, but will respect you for your beliefs when you respect them for where they are coming from. And then you engage in a genuine conversation. And then something deeper begins to come out. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, the Lord said to the Apostle Paul. He went on to say, keep on speaking. The book of Ecclesiastes says there's a time to speak and a time to keep silent. And of course, we often know that actions speak louder than words. And at times, it's not words that are needed. But it is deeds and acts of kindness. It is compassion. It is care. It is listening that is more important. But at this point, the Lord was saying to Paul, don't stop speaking. There is a time for listening, but there is also a time for speaking. And I sense that we are coming into a time now of immense opportunity for Christian conversation. And why do I think that? Uh, probably two big features that are in our calendar in the next few weeks. One will cause many people to groan, I'm sure. But we do have a general election. And it does cause people to ask questions and to think about what is important in life. What really matters for our nation? What kind of society do we want for our children and grandchildren to inherit? What kind of leadership will serve the best interests of the whole country? How should we relate to our neighbors and to the rest of the world? And how can we stand together as a people of faith, regardless of our different political viewpoints? All of this is a live conversation. Don't be afraid. Don't hide. Don't be worried to declare what you really think and what you really believe and listen to what other people think and what they believe. And let the conversation move to what does God want for this people today? Advent is approaching too. Two weeks and we'll be lighting Advent candles and Christmas, of course, on the back of that. Time of year when more people consider attending church than any other time. Carols will soon be played out all over the place. Sometimes uh, they're happening already. And many of those carols have very significant Christian words. And it's almost as if the population is, uh, is numbed to them. Because they recognize them, they hear the tunes, but they don't think for one moment as to what those words are saying. But there are great words in there, great conversation starters, great openers, as we keep on speaking about what is important to us and to others. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking, for I am with you, said the Lord. 
The Apostle Paul needed to hear that. Now, he was no stranger to uh, religious lifestyle, to spiritual experiences. The blinding light on the Damascus Road was what started it, but God had spoken to him time and time again. And yet he still needed to be told at this moment from the Lord, I am with you. It's almost as if his fears were getting in the way and he was beginning to doubt. And God was saying, no, don't doubt. I am with you. It's so very important. A promise of protection to Paul that we can take to heart as well. Now, sadly, over the years, there have been those who have been harmed physically and emotionally because of their faith. The actual words that the Lord says to Paul here is, I am with you and no one is going to attack and harm you. And certainly Paul himself was protected totally in that time in his engagement in Corinth. It's not always been the case. And the harsh reality across the world now is that Christian persecution is worse than ever. So we cannot take these words and immediately say that therefore every Christian will always be safe, whatever they say or whatever they do. But we can take these words and we can say that the presence of God is for all time and that he does send his angels and he will surround and protect his people. And when you and I find ourselves in challenging spaces, we do not need to shrink back. We do not need to be afraid. God is with us. And his angels will protect us. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. I am with you. The stories in the book of Daniel, the stories of the uh, fiery furnace of the lion's den, wonderfully demonstrate the powerful protection of God. Just a reminder that there is nothing too difficult for God. That when I am weak, then I am strong in what God is able to supply. And finally, I love this little phrase where the Lord says to Paul, I have many people in this city. You see, maybe the Apostle Paul at this moment was feeling so few are responding to what I'm saying. There's been so much opposition in the synagogue. It's really not gone very well. Are there many people? And the Lord said, yes, I have many people in this city. Now that could mean that there were other people in Corinth who were coming to believe in Jesus and Paul wasn't aware of it. Could mean that. But it also could link to something that Jesus said when he used the analogy of the shepherd and the sheep. And when he said that there are other sheep not yet in the fold and I must bring them in also. This could be talking about those who are, as it were, close to the kingdom. Those who are longing to discover what we ourselves know concerning Jesus Christ and concerning meaning and hope and purpose in this life. A prophetic word that there are many more people in this community that need to be gathered together as believers in Jesus Christ. And I believe that God has many more people in this community than are here this morning. Many more who are close to the kingdom. Many more who know deep down 
that they need to come to that place of open faith and commitment to Christ. God is saying to us, I have many people in this city, and many who are yet to affirm faith. So don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. I am with you. And there are many people in this city. And this, I think, takes us to the heart of growth. That it is not by strategy, it's not by formulas, it's not by any particular ways of doing. It's by every Christian believer hearing what God is saying, standing up with confidence, not to be afraid of what you know to be true, to keep on speaking, knowing that God is with you. And in a remarkable way, the Holy Spirit brings about the growth. And I pray that that will happen more and more here among us now.